They're just two parents who happen to be dads. One called Harley, the other one is Wads. It's not really Wads, it's Waves. But Wade doesn't rhyme with dads. It's shitting with the door open. All right. All right. Something. Listen, we've, we've got opinions. Um, and you're going to hear them first here and <laughs> probably n- nowhere else. <laughs> some real red hot takes. We've got some things to say. <laughs> oh, man. Um, look, just taking on to the back of the last episode and welcome um, back in <laughs> to the outhouse. <laughs> to shitting with the door open. The door is not open. It has been blown off the hinges um, by myself, Harley Breen, and my best mate, Wade Nathaniel Duffin. That's um, me. Uh, I spoke, I, we won't go on and do a whole other episode on this, but just briefly, I happened to go up to Brisbane between the last time we recorded. Yep. Uh, I was up there for a little bit of work, and um, I went to a rental, and I have... In all of the time I've been renting, and I have rented some shitholes, never walked into a place that was such a meth den as oh. this place in Brisbane. And I immediately just had to tell the real estate agent. I said, look, I'm really sorry. Um, I can't contain this. This place should be condemned. It's absolutely disgusting that this is on the rental market because um, she'd already said that the landlord won't be doing any work. The uh, floors were... Lino probably from the 70s that were completely ripped up. The walls had wallpaper probably from the 50s that was falling off the walls. The ceilings had multiple cracks and water damages, damage in it. It only had one entrance. Um, the paint was definitely lead paint. Uh, the, the kitchen was uh, absolute disgrace. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding are me that this like, is for rent? Is it not? Are they not like laws against that kind of thing though? Not strong enough. Clearly not. Not strong enough. If they can get away with it in the open, brazenly like that. And then she said to me, oh yeah, a um, a company just bought this and um, they've put it straight onto the rental market. And I said, pardon me? She goes, yeah, we manage a few of their properties. Sorry, what did you say? A company just bought this and they've put it straight onto the rental market. Heading towards that um, American thing where giants... Privately owned no. companies buy up a whole lot of houses, and then they are the landlords. Like yeah. that is their business, totally. their landlord business. And when they they're completely based on, on always increasing profit, so they will minimise their expenses as much as possible. They're going to do no work on this house. Certainly not yeah. if there's any laws to require them to, because then you're just um, depending on their good conscience, and they have none. No. So anyway, there's the update. Living out of the car. <laughs> Lucky I bought a tent. <laughs> God. It's good to be back. Um, what's good? <laughs> I'm sitting on a couch I got for free from an ad I did seven years ago. And um, it's looking pretty cozy. I reckon I could fit at least one of my children underneath this as some kind of shelter. One underneath, a couple on top. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're oh. living in a fort, kids. Yeah, this is look. exciting. <laughs> you know how you like making cubbies? Let's live in one full time. <laughs> That's grim. <laughs> yeah, fucking grim, 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 grim. Oh, man. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, so um, the, the, the move is imminent. Um, it's all happening. Yeah, it's very exciting, like, well, the move, but also grim in the... 
logistics of it. It is. It's really hard logistics. Mixed bag. Because as I said to my older brother, um, who uh, is being kind enough to let me park my shipping container. Um, on his property is yeah. his farmer so that's great I, I know that I can just leave it there and then we can figure out how to get the stuff out of it and move it into a house yeah. wherever it is that um, we settle on um, I went when I last did an interstate move it was almost 21 years ago and I just had two bags and I got on a plane and I left Queensland yeah and those two bags have multiplied <laughs> like rabbits as they were just rooting as and have rooting I. and rooting <laughs> <laughs> the bags like Ali just could not stop rooting <laughs> the two bags have turned themselves into a fully loaded shipping container um, oh, just doubling themselves exponentially just like just keep going like, we'll just double it we'll yeah. just double it we'll yeah. just double it and now 28 21 years later Fucking hell. Yeah. I've got a fully loaded shipping container and that's my nickname for Henna at the moment. <laughs> I love you. If you're listening, I love you. I say it with absolute affection. She's so. going to get unloaded at the docks. <laughs> To spin this in a nice way. Oh God, uh, man! Put I don't know if I've hair. told you this before, uh, either um, on on record or or not. But we're looking at yurts. Like I'm looking at a yurt. I love a yurt. I'm thinking about a yurt. Great. Yeah, that's exciting. The price per square meter is pretty bloody cheap, because the reality is. You're living in a yurt. Yeah, it's a giant tent. <laughs> Everyone goes, geez, that's cheap. I'm like, yeah, it's called a tent. But <laughs> you'd expect a tent to be cheaper than a house per square meter because you're in a tent. Yeah, there's no plumbing. No. No, 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 no. There's no wiring to worry yeah. about. I, I watched a pros and cons video on it the other day and um, lots of pros, um, a lot of them based on price. Yeah. And um, one of the cons was bears. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was a uh, an American video. I was watching on YouTube, and I'm like, "That's a fucking big con." <laughs> like, like <that's, laughs> the risk of being attacked by a bear. <laughs> you know, it's like one in a hundred. Well, I've been there for quite some time. I don't like those odds. <laughs> you know what houses are good for? Keeping bears out. You know what tents aren't good for? <laughs> it's like you set it up in the bottom of the ocean. You gotta watch out for sharks. Oh. oh man Yeah oh, Man Yurt 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 Well I was thinking too Because I, I'm involved in so many festivals I've looked at a yurt That's almost as big as a Spiegel tent Those of who are frequent um, That festivals. is massive yeah, so the, the the one I've looked at is is probably the size of a small Spiegel, which is massive. Yeah, quite massive. And I was thinking, I oh, look at me, man. I look like a carny. I could just, I am a carny. Yeah, I just back a truck up to a festival on pack down. <laughs> just, just pack up a yurt, just put in some, like, <laughs> throw it on the back of the truck, and put on some high vis, <laughs> get a parrot and put it on my shoulder, <laughs> carry a lanyard, <laughs> pack down a Spiegel, and then uh, no, Bob's your uncle. This. No, no, we're taking it to site too. See you later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys, this is the wrong one here. Got to take it to another place. <laughs> Jeez, we lost a Spiegel. Oh, yeah. Man. Where would you put this year at, though? 
Um, well, on the farm. Yeah, there's probably two locations. Either my in-laws' house, um, because they've got quite a decent block yep. on the Sunshine Coast, uh, but you would attract some attention. Yeah, it's a fairly big tent, and um, Queensland have some of, for good reason, uh, on a lot of cases, some of the hardest um, laws around permitted buildings above a certain size, and that's because of just a small little thing called cyclones. Yeah, and so okay. uh, I remember years and years ago um, in uh, Claire and your first house, yep. we were ripping the floor up. Yeah, and in in North Melbourne, and. When we ripped the floor up, we ripped up some of the floorboards and the stumps just came with it. Yes. Like the floorboards were nailed to the stumps as they should be, but the stumps were tied into nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then when you looked we at the walls, the walls were not attached to the, to the subframe. And then we didn't really look at it, but I am sure that the roof would have not been tied into the wall. No, it would have just been sitting on there. Sitting on top. So put that in perspective. In Queensland, if you build a house of exactly the same style as that house, yeah. the roof has to be tied into the wall. The wall has to be tied into the floor. The floor has to be anchored to the ground. And then all of those components have to be tied into each other. Yeah, wow. Because, you know, obviously if... if um, Big cyclones come through and try to rip the roof off. Well, yeah. it could just take the walls with it. So that's why you tie everything down. But down here uh, in Victoria, the sort of the main issue uh, that you have to look for is fires. So they don't really have a lot of stuff around that. So you can probably yeah. pop a yurt up and people will be like, ah, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You but don't in Queensland, that, like, yeah. A big yurt flying around. Also, I can't imagine it'd be very secure either. No, no, you know no. I mean? You can lock the door and someone could just get a knife and cut <laughs> their way through the wall. I'm going to make a new door. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this great door I've just made. Yeah. And honestly, when, when you factor in the kinds of kids that I have yeah. and the destruction that they wield on, on everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It may not be practical. It may not be practical. Yeah. yeah. Unless I can wrap it in some sort of harder product like timber. <laughs> if I could just build some walls around the yurt. <laughs> Maybe put some plumbing in. And some wiring. We'll get the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And some concrete. Maybe some windows. We'll anchor it all from the roof to the wall to the floor. We'll anchor that into the ground. We're talking about a house. We're talking about a house. <laughs> no, that's, the, that, that's the little loop when you talk to a builder, you're like, yeah, I'm just building a yurt. They're like, this is a house. It isn't. It's a yurt. And I think you'll find per square metre, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> I've got no time for regrets, but I, uh, I you know, I, I think every generation could say this. Uh, really, I, I just wish I'd made it a little bit harder on myself in my 20s. Yeah. I wish I'd... Um, Again, there's no time for regrets, um, and hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, I, I do wish that I could talk to my younger self and say, get together with four or five friends, yeah. and rather than paying rent for that shithole, all buy it together, yeah. pay it off. You'd have an equal share in it, and all of that. And not, you know, you're just not thinking of those things. No, absolutely not. But I think about like the many, many decisions I would make differently if I was yes. going to go back to you know just being forever you know just all the way back and i think like oh, i would maybe i'd do this differently i'd do that yep. differently but all my roads like the entire fucking path that i led up until i was like 20 led me to you that's right and then that path from you eventually led me to claire 
hmm. which led me to the girls. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So any kind of deviation from that path, if I hadn't met you, I wouldn't have met Claire. What a beautiful love story. You know? I just brought it up yesterday. Yeah, I know. Claire was there too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she came and stole my first wife. (laughs) We found each other in the end though, Harley. (laughs) We came back to each other. I used our friendship um, the the other day as an example. Yesterday, um, as an example uh, to my oldest child. Um, He just started high school and he wasn't actually that phased about this at all. But he was just saying how he doesn't. Um, have any really close friends and yeah. he wasn't it wasn't he wasn't delivering that in a de- depressed way saying oh I'm lonely I've got no friends at school which is certainly even when you've got a lot of friends at school you have those feelings when you're a teenager yeah. I've got nobody and because of his tone um, it sort of gave me uh, um, the sort of in to say oh man don't worry about it like I, I met my best mate when I was 21 exactly and and like I've got people that I liked from before I met you and I've yep. certainly met people after you but I feel like you and I and I said to him maybe if Wade and I met when we were your age at 12 we would be as close of friends because we really connect yep. you know we're good friends but also our lives um, led us to that moment yep. and helped inform our friendship anyway so don't worry about it just you know have have mates at school that's cool you don't need to have that one super close friend. No, I think your 20s is the time to meet that person anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My closest uh, like little crew, they're all mostly separate. You and Oliver know each other. Yes. Dean and Dylan know each other. But I know Dean's like 15, Dylan 19, you 20, and then Lee. 27, maybe? Yeah. I think we'd met, yeah, like 24, but then we weren't really friends. So like, when did you move here? 25? Yeah, yeah. 25-ish? Yeah, so you'd have met just after you moved. Yeah, but we didn't really connect until like a few years after yeah, that yeah, either. Yeah. Like we didn't really start hanging out. Yeah. But like these things kind of happen in your 20s. You kind of meet people. Absolutely. Because you're not forced into a situation where you have to be friends with someone. Yes. Like at school, that's very much like you're friends with people out of circumstance. They're like workmates. Yeah. You're friends with these people. They're not really nice people. They're great. Yeah. But you're friends with them out of circumstance rather than friends because you choose to have I, them in I your life. I couldn't agree more. And, yep. and I think it's great to have those friends. And that's why I have, I have a lot of friends that are seasonal. Yeah. You know, they, they come and go because of, of where I'm at in life yep. and when they are at. And then when you move on, you're not, it's not a breakup. You're just, you're moving off in different directions. Exactly. Um, because you're doing different things. And then I have a very small pocket of people that, um, that I work at and they work out with me. Yeah. And, and you maintain friends. But I, like I've got a few people in my life that have very close friends from school. And I find it absurd. <laughs> I find it absolutely like it's I don't think it's wrong, but I find the idea absolutely absurd. That that because like you said, the only thing that you have in common is school. And then I guess those people, if I think about them all right now, some of them have gone on from school and had similar lives so maybe that's why they've maintained yeah. their friendship but I just think it's uh, it's such a weird thing to be thrust into basically um, prison yeah. <laughs> you have to be there <laughs> wear the same uniforms do yeah. what you're told do stick to the, the, the time schedule yeah. yeah I mean yeah each to their own but, but um, like adult friendships are like interesting to me because some people feel they need a lot more work than they do and other people feel that they need like zero work. Yes. And it's really, <laughs> a 
if you are friends with somebody, you've got to be... They're not a perfect human being. No. You've got to be aware of their faults. Except for you be, and I. Except for you and I. But the shining rare. lights on the hill. We are rare. We are beacons of love and hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but people who feel like you constantly have to like, oh no, I've got to check in. You've got to maintain. You've got to make sure that everything's okay. Like, it's fine. If yeah. you reach out to someone and they don't get back to you, don't stress about it. It's not a mm. rude thing. No. Think about how you react in that situation. Yes. It's just they're like, oh, they might have been busy. Maybe they didn't have the mental space for it. You totally. know what I mean? It's, yeah. But then it's got to be like some kind of like uh, the other way as well. We've got to be like, oh, yeah, no, we are mates. We do catch up occasionally. Man, you might not see some of your close friends for fucking months or years. Well, and you, you catch and up I them, went through um, from the start of our friendship um, – you know, we we were we lived out of each other's pockets yep. for the first year or so. Yeah. And then you went off overseas for what, three years. Yep. And we maintained that friendship. And that was before the time of very easy social media connection. Yeah. Um, there was an email here and there. Sent. Very sporadically. But, yes. there were, you know, the love was there. Love was there. And then when I moved back to Melbourne, I was like, all right, we're back into it. But absolutely, I yeah. got you. Uh, I got you a job. I yes. got you a house. You didn't like that. You were living with fuckwits. <laughs> got me a wife. I got you a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I got you some kids. <laughs> really hooked you up. I mean, to be honest, you worked on the kids more than I did. <laughs> I'm sure you chipped in there for the kids as well. I'm sure you played your part. <laughs> and I you know, appreciate it. It takes a village to make a kid. <laughs> But I would say, like, I know that there's a there's a real um, diversity uh, to friendship and people, so I, t- I totally understand that. But I think if you've got to work too hard on a friendship, maybe it's not for you. Yeah, I guess that's the point I was trying to make. You yeah. don't need to work so hard. I don't friend. think you should have to. And if you don't see somebody for, like, a long time, that's fine. It doesn't mean that yes. you're not your friends. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not mates. Yeah, you don't have to work. I saw this stuff on social media during the COVID like, if you're not checking in on me, then we're not mates. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, you're probably not. We're all fucking just going through it. Yeah. You know? I'd send you the casual text, you're right. Yeah, we'd have a chat and stuff. It was fine. But if I hadn't heard from you in two years, I wouldn't think, oh, well, Harley's not my mate. No. I'd just be thinking, he's busy in my life. We're just busy. M- we're might need to check in on him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I, I think that, you know... Um, I think romantic relationships obviously differ slightly, especially if you're in a romantic relationship and living with the person. Then you have got to work harder. Yes. And that's because you're around each other all the time. But it shouldn't be hard work either. No, it shouldn't. You do have to work harder, but it shouldn't be hard work. It shouldn't be like a chore. No. No, I agree. Like, yeah, but like you do have to work at it, but it shouldn't be like, you know, you really got to work. Sometimes I work two, three times a year. <laughs> really. Wow. I put in some real hard yards into Claire. I'll put a real hard few inches. Up a whole there. yard. <laughs> but, you know, if you and I live together, I think we would have to um, have a better dialogue with each other. And 100%. the reason I'm saying this is I may be. Um, uh, moving closer in proximity to my older brother, yeah, uh, who who's one of my best mates as well, and we just had the the conversation on the phone yesterday that we need to sit down and before that happens, set boundaries and yes. and and talk about expectations, um, so that we don't burn a friendship. 
Yeah. Because it's actually, we're really tight, but I've lived in a different state to him for 21 years. Yep. So it's pretty easy just to check in every now and then, going, how are you going? Have a great yarn. Um, you know, see each other maybe four or five times a year, get on the beers for a few days. See you later. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. But if I'm there full time... In his workspace. In his workspace and and in, and then also in his family space as well, yep. things can start to get tense. Unless and, you create those boundaries, totally. those expectations yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But I also think when it's somebody you're super close with, like your brother, that is a, I guess I wouldn't say an easy chat, but that is a comfortable chat. Well, we're already having it. Yeah. You know, and it, it's um, it's sort of been instigated by my our mother um, because her brothers are farmers and she is worried that Randall and I will start to have some of the struggles that she watched her brothers have. Oh, okay. And... I said to her the other day, I said, um, your brothers are not your sons. Yeah. You know, like we're different. We're completely different people. And at this stage, the plan is not for my brother and I to go into business together. Yeah. It's uh, for me to potentially have a slightly uh, uh, changed track in life yep. and do something slightly different to what I have been for the last 21, 22 years. Um, and then if we went into business together, well, then that's a whole nother ball game where you've really got to have something clear. In fact, you've got to have stuff written down legally on paper. I reckon that's 100% the best idea. Absolutely. But you can't just be like on a handshake. and a, like no. You've got to have those clear boundaries because if things go pear-shaped, like not between you two, but like, you know, like outside of the business, Co- you've got to be able to say like, well, this is, these are what we fall back on. Yeah. And it can't be like a blame game. Oh, this is on you. You said this is on yes. you. You said like, no, it was all written down. This is what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships, man. Maintaining relationships. Uh, they are interesting. I maintain, you know, I've got like a handful of like super close friends yeah. and then lots of, Outside of that, so happy to bump into people. Yes. But yeah, there's yeah. not many people I want to call up and say, hey, man, let's get a beer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but if I bump into someone on in a pub, I'm like, fucking yeah. Yeah. This guy. Fucking let's have I would chats. say I have hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, maybe even thousands of people that yeah. I could bump into. You know, I, I can meet a person and have a great night on the beers with them. And then I've got this group of maybe hundreds where I'm like, oh, I sick, bump into that person. But I'm like you as well. Like there's such a small group of people yeah. where, yeah, and and sort of feels like both of us are almost contradicting ourselves. I don't think we are, but <laughs> that I have to work on it. That would be the very first time. We would <laughs> never. <laughs> we put planning into this. We wrote it down. We've hit all our bullet points. <laughs> I was going to come in today and talk about Dusty, but instead we're talking about male friendship. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing that is. Yeah. Totally. I, I saw a thing about it the other day and, and um, it was sort of, I, I think what I was reading was specifically about romantic relationships, but I have taken it on board about friendship as well. And it's about the different stages of these relationships that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And the first stage is obviously the honeymoon phase. Um, and then... Uh, I'm not going to get them all completely right. I might leave it at one stage, but there's so it's the honeymoon stage, and then it's the differences stage. Yeah, that's where after the honeymoon stage, where you you know have this glow on, like you and I did certainly for that first twelve months. Yes, it was such an excellent time in our lives. Yeah, we're both in our early twenties, just with 
Not much money. Not much money. But we didn't have anything to spend it on. No. But fun. Yeah, totally. It was all fun money. We were working on a Hollywood movie set. Yeah. And um, staying in the centre of the Gold Coast. (laughs) And, you know, after you paid your basic bills, back then you thought you had the biggest bills, but there was fuck all to pay for. Yeah. And you'd pull your money together and go out on the lash together. Yeah. Um, The absolute best. Oh, the best. The absolute best. One of the best years of my entire life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you go through that, you know, the honeymoon stage where there's a glow on and everything is great. And then you get into the stage where... There's the the differences, and you're yes. starting to see the differences, and that will feed into the next stage, which is the conflict. Yeah, um, because the the conflict phase is because of your differences, and it, it, the, in that stage of conflict, if you can't resolve that, that's where the relationship breaks up. Yes, whatever it is, the friendship, the romantic relationship, and then if you can figure out how to 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 deal with that conflict and your differences you get out of that stage and you're in a very strong robust relationship i think yeah like yeah, resolving those conflicts and i think accepting people's differences yes yeah, absolutely like, like you just got to be like and you know accept your friends and your partners and whoever you're in a relationship with whatever that relationship is Mm. if you want it to work you have to be like well they've got some strengths and they've got some weaknesses that's right and we've all got like negatives we've all got positives and you have to be able to accept them for like what they are like one of your strengths is you're very funny you're determined and you're you know you're like you're really good at just going like this is a decision we're gonna make this happen blah 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 but one of your weaknesses is sometimes communication yes you know what i mean like you know i've sent you a text in a few weeks will go by sometimes without hearing from you. But I never get stressed about it. That's I great. never go, oh, Harley hasn't got back to me. I'm just like, yeah, he's, it's Harley. Yeah. Like I'm just, because I, just to clarify, and I've told you this before, I will reply to you in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it has been something. <laughs> I, and I think because you've given me the space for that, it's something that I genuinely work on. Because um, it, it has offended people in the past. But what happens is I see a message and I go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Or, oh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and then I assume that you can read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then what, I, what happens is because I've replied in my mind, I go about my day and then I completely forget that I yes. have not actually replied. Because you've you've replied. I've up, replied upstairs. in my brain. Yeah. And then maybe a week goes past and I go, oh, fuck, I didn't tell Wade. <laughs> and it's an hour from when I was going to come over to your house. <laughs> like, this just happened um, this year, at the start of this year. Um, on my birthday, I sent you a message at maybe one o'clock in the afternoon on my actual birthday saying, hey, it's my birthday. Do you want to come over <laughs> for a drink? <laughs> and you went, well, classic Harley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the lead time on the invite. I'm a bit busy. But to clarify, two weeks earlier, I thought, geez, it'd be good to have Wade over for my birthday. <laughs> and I thought, he must have got that message. But of course you didn't because you never opened your brain message hole. <laughs> I opened the wrong hole. <laughs> What is this message I'm receiving? (laughs) It keeps coming in and out of reception. (laughs) But I think it is, you like, uh, um, I think a lot of people in in all sorts of different versions of relationships, um, once you get into that conflict stage, just past the difference, the conflict is you're trying to change the other person and you're trying to change that difference. I've certainly been um, on both sides of this. I've wanted to change the other person 
Yeah. And, and I've been resistant to them trying to change me. Um, but actually what is needed is what you just said. You see that. You see that difference. And you make a choice. Am I going to accept that difference? And some behaviours need to change. 100%. Because they're shitty behaviours. Yeah, we're not and you talking be about extreme. We're not talking about extreme. No, we're not. No, absolutely not. Here. We're just, just talking about general. Yeah. Yep. Very simple differences, and to be able to see that, understand it, um, work on conflict resolution together, and come out the other side. And and I think this has certainly been the case uh, for the best romantic relationship I have ever had, uh, which is with Hannah. And and to come out that other side and just go well, those differences. Um, while they won't stop being annoying, they will stop being as annoying as they were if you can... Anytime we voice those things with each other, the, the tension eases a bit more. Yes. The tension eases a bit more. Yep. And all of a sudden you can just go, oh, well, that's just a thing. Yeah, that's, that's just a, a thing. That's the thing that person does. It's not a thing that I do. That's fine. Yeah, because life will go on. Yeah. Yeah. Life will absolutely go on. And then on. you make another baby. <laughs> Maybe if you'd come out the other side, you wouldn't be making another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have tried that instead. Every marriage <laughs> counsel would agree that whatever problem you have, have another child. Claire is so sick of me it. making dick jokes. She's so fucking tired of it. She's, especially since we've started recording again, I'm just fucking non-stop. Sometimes she'll say something like, uh, oh, fuck, I might have a banana. And then she'll just look at me and just, just wait. She'll just fucking wait. And then and I'll look at her. And then, why, well, you want a second one? <laughs> you know, just something stupid. Just the dub. She's so fucking tired of it. But, you know, she's got to accept my differences. That's right. <laughs> we she just has to see that. <laughs> Learn some conflict resolution. And accept I'm not going to change. No. I'm constantly going to talk about my penis and other people's penises. Because, look, I tell you what. I'll stop talking about penises when they stop being funny. Yeah, we're we not going to talk about the Mona Lisa. We're yeah. not going to talk about the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Come on, we're not going to talk Is about. That's what you're calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> I call it King Tut's tomb. <laughs> uh, the hanging, the hanging gardens of Babylon. Oh man. <sighs> My six-year-old just in the car this morning. We were just, all three of the kids were in the car. We were driving along and just, just I don't know, but all three of them were silly. And I was, um, and I have been increasingly of late in, in a far more tolerable mood with my children. Oh, great. There's been a lot of tension. There's been a lot of stop that. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stop them. It doesn't stop them at all. It just raises the fucking tension in the yes. situation. So I might as well just get on board. Anyway. Tension is not stopped by more tension. No. I haven't learned that lesson. No. But that is 100% true. Yeah. So I'm just trying to go with stuff. And every now and then they need to be corrected and, and, and brought in line a little bit. But um, I don't know. The, the subject of birth was coming up. And um, they're just being silly. And then someone said, you know, um, someone just said butthole. And then Walt just went, you were born out your dad's dicky. <laughs> 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 Nothing we will ever say on this podcast will ever beat that. <laughs> I just, I almost crashed the car and the timing of it. I was like, that's so ridiculous. And then he doubled down. He goes, yeah. Um, and then Marigold was backing him up as well. She's like, she's only three. She's like, yeah. 
Yeah, mums give birth to sisters and dads give birth to brothers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I thought you guys knew way more than you actually know. You absolute idiots. <laughs> so funny though, if that's the way that it works. <laughs> yeah, men breed men. And- but out the penis as well. Yeah, oh, no one wants that. Well, our penises would be fine. Our oh, fucking, yeah. our Baby could just walk straight out. <laughs> be like, a kid coming like, a sports person coming out of that soccer, that tunnel, just walk straight out fully formed with our whoppers. <laughs> Imagine that though, just strolling on out your cock. Bag over the shoulder. <laughs> Governor. <laughs> a chimney sweep. <laughs> I gave a little polish on the way through to clean things up in there. <laughs> he's, got that, he's got that stick with the handkerchief. Ties in the back. He's got his snacks in there. <laughs> like a little hobo. Get out of there. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but there's a lot more on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> um, now, talk to me about Dusty. This is a very, this is a big tone change. I know, big tone change. The poor guy. So we've had him. He's like nineteen now. We've had him for like fifteen years. Uh, he's old. To clarify for everyone listening, Dusty is uh, Wade's eldest child. <laughs> <laughs> he's our old dog. He's Sorry, your old dog. He's our old old dog. And he's like, you know, he's. There's been like a few things. I remember when he was like eight, we had to have like his back legs operated on, and we we're like, oh, we're probably going to get another like four years out of him. Yeah. So why are we spending all this money? But you do. Yeah, because you, you love just, him. You love him. And you guys, as dog owners, uh, absolutely adore your dog. And oh, yeah. his um, demeanour shows it. I remember when you got him, you you, you got him from um, uh, the Lord Smith, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Lost Dogs Home, yeah. yeah. And um, he was about four. He had a lightning bolt tail. Because they'd been slammed in a door. We he had been, been slammed well. in a door. He'd not been treated well because every time there'd be a swinging door, he wouldn't. He would not go through a door that wasn't one hundred percent open. Yeah. And if a door slightly swung, he would just bolt. Yeah. Loud noises, he would bolt and cower. Yeah. Chinking glasses, he would bolt and right. cower. And he was found on the Hume. Right. So. And I reckon, I mean, you probably had a different experience of this, but for me, observing him just every now and then, he turned away around from being a very scaredy kind of dog to being a very confident dog in the space of, I reckon, only a year. Like Yeah, you, I would say about a year. You guys got him feeling so safe and secure. He was... Yeah, he definitely kind of came around. It took him, I reckon, 10 years for that door thing to Yeah, stop. right. Yeah, right. But, like, outside of that, like, he would just get more and more comfortable, more and yeah. more confident, more and more. And now he's old. He doesn't go he's, full... So old. He still trots around the house after you. Like, he still loves his little scruffles. You give him a little scruffle and he yeah. still makes the noise and stuff. But he's got cancer in the front leg. Like, the chemo didn't... Like, we gave him some chemo. Yeah. didn't take. He's got, like, arthritis in the back legs, which doesn't stop him from getting around. But it's... Like, if he sleeps on it, like, he'll wake up in the morning and he's real stiff and he's quite sore. Yeah. So we're in the end game. Yeah. We're in this final point in this poor guy's life. And it is hard... It's, but it's interesting watching, I guess, the girls who have grown up with him. And for the first few years of both their lives, they were just like, oh, it's just a, another person in the house. Yeah. They yeah. didn't think of Dusty as... They thought of him, I guess, more of as like a couch. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then as they get older, they're like, oh, it's this fucking great dog. And then once Dusty realized that they would give him treats whenever 
they would give him treats whenever he wanted. He was like, yeah, best mates. These are the guys. These are the guys. Yeah. So Penny will wake up in the morning and the first thing she does when she comes into our room is she just gets down by his bed and just gives him like lots of pats. I love you, Dusty. Yeah. I love you, Dusty. Sylvia does the same. It's very sweet. And they, but we've been very open with them about what's happening. And it, it's going to be a very sad, sad day when we have to make that call. And I think that call is coming up. Well, I mean... I think I think you've uh, you've done a great thing um, for your whole family, but especially your daughters. Um, that from their birth, they've had this other creature in their life. Yeah, have been able to experience a different kind of love, um, a, a different kind of responsibility, um, taking care of something and and valuing a different kind of life yeah. as well to the, the, than just the human experience, uh, and um, being a bit more connected um, with the natural world because. You know, sometimes as humans, we can just live in a house and we think we're above it all. And I think that's a, the greatest reason to have an animal in yes. your life is that kind of connection. And then also, now you're faced um, with this big learning moment, um, yeah. which is, is going to be um, how to uh, be there with them through this grief process. And how also for them to realise that we're not going to wait for him to collapse before we make this call. Yes. I want him to be having like way more good days than bad days before yeah. we do it. Like I want him to be going out like as a, as a happy dog. I yeah. want his last few weeks or months to be misery. Like that's no good for him. Like that's harder decision to make when you see him still happy. Yes. Much harder. Totally. But I think it's the right thing. Well, I saw him the other day and he looked really, he always looks happy that dog. Yeah. He's always happy to see you. But he also looked um, like things were getting pretty grim. He's old. He's old. He's old. It's an old dog. He's an old, old boy. And I make him like a special food like <laughs> every few weeks. So I'll poach our chicken and then I'll take, like, once the chicken's cooked, I'll take it out of the, the stock water, wait for it to cool, strip off the meat, put the bones back into the stock, reduce it down by like four fifths, take the bones out of the stock and like a handful of rice, big handful of like rice, a sweet potato, a few carrots, cook that, then add the chicken back in. And then Brilliant. once that's, you know, once it's all like cooked, I'll add in a couple of, uh, I've just started adding a couple of like handfuls of like dog biscuits just so he eats a bit more of the dog biscuits. And you know, then you, he's old. your kids say, what's for dinner? And you go, here's some toast <laughs> that I cooked yesterday. <laughs> not even close to my favourite. Can we have some of that poached chicken? No! <laughs> no poached nasty. chicken! It's for nasty. Nasty. So you're going to euthanise him is the plan at the moment. That's the plan. And we'll get someone to come around to the house to do it. So a death doula. Yeah. We'll essentially. Have, yeah. That's ex- essentially what we were talking about the other day. Yeah. We're going to have a death doula come around to the house. And um, I'm not sure how that process works. If they come around beforehand, is it like a, a three-step process? And assess the situation. And assess the situation. But I think as we get closer to the time, we will, we've got a list of people that we can call. Amazing. From the vet. So I think it's much better for him. Much better for him to be at home, surrounded by the things that he knows. In the comfort of it, like we're all sitting out in the lawn, and mm. it's like a, a, a sad but beautiful experience rather than a terrified dog being taken to the vet where all he knows is, oh, they poke me there, they prod yeah, me there, they, they put things in place, they put I didn't want them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what a what a great thing you're doing again for for your girls to be able to be there and be a part of that. I assume that they're going to be a part of that. Well, scenario I think so, yeah. To to whatever level they want to be, yeah. um, and obviously you're going to assess them at the time. But I think. Rather than shield people away from it, no, I think that's an excellent thing to do. Yeah, I think the girls would. Yeah, I think it'd be good for them. 
Yeah. You know, I think like uh, just to be able to say goodbye in the moment and be able to like cope with grief, uh, to start to be able to learn how to cope with grief because it's hard because there's no... Like, how do you cope with grief when it comes? Like, well, I, I think we got it, we've got it wrong um, for a long time um, within our society, especially um, white Australian society. We, we don't seem to have much connection with a lot of that sort of birth and death, beginning yeah. and end. We just try and sanitise it, take it away um, from where it should be, um, which is in the bef- best uh, uh, possible outcome for both of those is to be within the, the family circle, within the tribe, whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, to happen there. You know, I, I sincerely hope I get that opportunity with my parents. Yes. Um, and at the very simplest level of it, it'd be nice to be able to do it with your pets. Yeah. Rather than just sanitise it all and don't feel anything, don't talk about it. Well, it's going to happen. It's coming. Yeah, like people not talking about it for their entire life and then this thing gets sprung on them. Like how how is that good for you emotionally? Yeah. We've got to be able to talk and prepare because it's all happening to all of us. Yes. Like it's not like it's a thing that we can avoid. It's not, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, if I don't go to the doctor, I'm not going to die. No, you, we're all going to It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen. Yeah. And it happens to everybody. So let's just be a bit more open about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And let's kind of like ease that process for like the generations that have got to follow. Yeah. They say there's only two sure things in life, but you can actually avoid your tax if you have yeah. some places to hide. I thought you were going to say come in tax. <laughs> <laughs> come in the tax. Uh, it's going to make it hard to get audited. All the pages are stuck together. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, I think it's great that you're doing that. Also, um, sort of leading into this, I, I think it sort of fits in it, and, and we won't go right into this now, because in a few episodes' time, I'll be able to talk about this experience that I'm about to have, um, which is uh, I'm, I'm going off into the bush on a rite of passage ritual. Amazing. Um, that my older brother is um, putting together for his oldest child, who's yep. just about to turn that age where we've decided that that is adulthood. Yeah. The age of 18 is adulthood. Um, whether or not that person might be intellectually or emotionally um, yeah, ready, for, ready for that. <laughs> you might get to 43 and think. <laughs> Correct. And, and, and I'm and still I think not ready. Largely because there is, there is no, there's this no formal celebration other than a piss up, getting yeah. drunk and waking up with a hangover. You know, for the first time legally, you have been allowed to do that. And so um, the men uh, in... Uh, that that child's life uh, are going off into the bush. So that is uh, my younger brother, my older brother, and my father, the PB, and um, and Eli, my nephew, are walking off into the bush for a two-day rite of passage ritual. Amazing. And I'm genuinely pumped about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I'll be able to report back here of uh, what went on. What a sensational thing to do. Yeah. Like, that's so great. And starting a tradition within within the family. Yeah. And, and, and I hope so that... So when your kids get to that age, yes. you'll do yeah. the same thing? Yeah. Because there's already uh, something great that tradition. my sister started um, with, with the... Uh, and, and sorry to be binary about it, and I think if each child presented in a different way, then we would respond for that child. Yeah. But at the moment, that hasn't happened. So I'm just speaking about individuals. I'm not speaking about something in a general sense. I'm yep. speaking about the people in my life. Um, and so at this stage, the girls, have they, as they have sort of entered uh, womanhood, there have been letters from all of the women in their lives writing to them and welcoming, welcoming them into womanhood, which I think is beautiful and powerful. It's very beautiful. It feels very... Um like it's a very, it's a beautiful thing, but it feels very, um, 
uh, old-fashioned. I, I, it is. It's, in fact, it's probably as old as humanity itself. Yeah. And um, I think we lost our way with it. Yeah. And um, we haven't we haven't got around children as they become adults. Yeah. Is is to keep it in a more fluid discussive way but there has to be something that we do do we celebrate this this is a big change it just happened um in our family home yesterday a huge moment in a child's life is when they lose their first baby tooth because it's a big shift in where their brain is going as they as they grow their adult teeth and it just happened for walter and we celebrated that um, and some people might do it as simply as just putting a coin under the pillow. Yeah. The tooth is there. The tooth fairy comes and puts a coin. Um, Hannah took it. I silly hope Walter is not listening <laughs> because he still thinks it's the tooth fairy. But Hannah did this beautiful thing where she not only did leave a coin but left a little note celebrating him from the tooth fairy and how excited they were to be accepting this tooth in. And here's a little bead um, to wear around a leather necklace. And each That's time so a tooth great. is lost, there will be a bead added to that necklace and that'll be something to take through uh, into your childhood years. Yeah, that's so nice. And I think I said to you, like, uh, one of my kids uh, just banks her teeth. And so <laughs> she's just got a, a little collection of teeth. Because she's like, you want, order, you want the tooth fairy? She goes, no, because one day I might need all that money at once. And so I, she just keeps a little <laughs> container of teeth for when she's she needs some cash. <laughs> She's an investor. She's investing. I mean, you're never going to lose money on that. That's a sound investment. Then the time where she cashes that in is when she realizes the tooth fairy isn't real. She's like, shit, I better cash this in now. I'm worried about like, yeah, but you've got like a hundred teeth here. Where did you get get those teeth from? I find 50 cents on the dollar. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to school, bringing me in your teeth. Uh, as always, mate, um, thoroughly enjoy any time I get to spend with you. Oh, man, great, great chat. I'm, this is fantastic. Do it in person before we head up to... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll do it as often as we can in person moving forward. As we said, these will start to be a little bit more um, down the line as the talk goes. Yeah. Um, but, hey, get on board at the ground level. Uh, what a great opportunity uh, to invest in Uber Bulldogs. No! <laughs> Become a Patreon subscriber. We've got extra content for you, and you can help me buy my yurt. Yep. And send through any questions. Happy to answer them. Yep. Because we're very knowledgeable. Dads.